Welcome to Building Charleston, a podcast where we shine a bright light on the dynamic companies changing the landscape of Charleston, South Carolina. My name is Matt Chapdelaine, and as your host each week, I'll be bringing you the most interesting business owners in the Lowcountry. We'll explore how they got to where they are, what they're working on, and what their vision is for the future of Charleston. Thank you for being here. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. This episode of Building Charleston is brought to you by Lane Commercial Real Estate, the Low Country's premier commercial real estate brokerage firm focused exclusively on representing Charleston's office, retail, and industrial tenants. If you're responsible for your company's real estate needs and your company is expanding, downsizing, looking to open a new location, or opening the first office in the Charleston area, give us a call at 843-508-3038 or go to our website at www.lanecre.com. That's L-A-I-N-E-C-R-E.com. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Building Charleston podcast, the podcast where we take a moment each week to meet the leaders changing the landscape of Charleston, South Carolina. My name is Matt Chapdelaine. I am the host of Building Charleston and the broker in charge at Lane Commercial Real Estate, the Low Country's premier commercial real estate company representing Charleston's office, industrial, and retail tenants with their commercial leases. We're recording this podcast on May 23rd, 2019, and we're recording this podcast from the Biscuit House in North Charleston the base of operations for Cali's Hot Little Biscuits. There are few foods in this world that are as good as a biscuit. Seriously, I thought about this before this interview, and I tried to come up with a few things, but a biscuit right out of the oven, put some butter on it, maybe some bacon to go with it. If you're not hungry just thinking about it, then I can't save you. Today's guest has turned her biscuits into a Charleston calling card, and I'm pleased to welcome Carrie Mori from Cali's Hot Little Biscuits, Carrie, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. And, you know, as I thought about this podcast and getting ready for it, you know, in hindsight, it all sounds so simple. You just make something that everyone loves, then you ship it to them or you let them buy it when they're here in Charleston. But now your restaurant and your biscuits are synonymous with Charleston and vice versa. So for those unfamiliar with your company or those listening outside of Charleston, tell us about Cali's Hot Little Biscuits. Well, Callie's Hot Little Biscuit actually is about five years old, where okay. Callie's Biscuits, the, the mothership, is almost 15 years old now. And Callie's Hot Little Biscuit was really answering a request that at the time I could not, maybe not a request, but a problem that I couldn't solve, which was people would ask us that would order our biscuits online, well, when we come to Charleston, where can we get your biscuits hot? And so initially I went out into the community to some of my friends in the chef world and brought them warm biscuits. And nobody had biscuits on the menu at the time, except for maybe one or two restaurants. And I said, you know, this is a Southern town. Biscuits are the bread of the South. Y'all need to have biscuits on the menu. And if you're not making them, because I know how labor intensive they are, why don't you buy mine and feature mine? And every one of them said no. And they said, we love them, they're great, but they're too expensive. And in the industry, you just don't pay for bread. So I kept thinking, and in my brain, it was, where can I get my customers the hot little biscuits? Because our biscuits have always been small. My grandmother always said it was ladylike, not ladylike to eat a big biscuit. So I grew up on small biscuits, and I love that because it meant that I could eat more. (laughs) 
That's one way to look at it. So I just kind of started playing with the idea. I wrote a menu and one day on a whim went to Upper King Street when Upper King Street wasn't what it is today and found this sliver of a space that was actually an alley that had been walled in. And I said, you know, if I could, and I did the math, if I could just have 30 transactions a day at this number, I would be able to break even. And it would just be a way for me to advertise my online business that had never really gotten much exposure because it was an online business before buying food online was cool. Yeah. So so your name is Carrie, but the name of the biscuits are Callie's. What's yeah. the story behind the naming and, and how you got So my mom is Callie, okay. and she is the creator of many of the biscuit flavors that we have today. When I was growing up, she always catered on the side for friends and a couple of special people. And I was always the server of those biscuits. So I knew the accolades and the way people went weak in the knees and how they reacted when they had them. And she would serve Indian dinners and they would still ask for the country ham biscuits. Or we would have an Asian meal and we would always still have the ham biscuits, which was so interesting to me because she she made them like no other. And so I knew that... There was something about her biscuits that were special. And when I moved back to Charleston after living in New York for a few years, and just not that I needed any more reason to fall in love with food, because living in New York, you just fall in love with food. But I was already in love with food before I moved to New York, and so that kind of sealed the deal. And I think I came back to Charleston trying to figure out what I was going to do. I had gotten married and really wanted to have a family and knew that I wanted to be at home with my children. And how can I be an F and B and be a mom? Mm-hmm. And it just in 2004 that those two things didn't really go well together. And so one day I was watching her make biscuits for a catered party, and she always made them in bulk and froze them. And so I think I tucked that little bit of knowledge in my head, knowing that people all over liked them because I would take them to New York and send mm-hmm. them to my clients. And I said, you know, we should sell these. You can't cater forever. Why don't I figure out a way to package and sell them online? And she thought I was crazy and thought it was a horrible idea. Mm -hmm. But I twisted her arm because I'm a pretty good salesperson. And I said, you know, it's our duty as Southern women. We better revive (laughs) the art of biscuit making and we need to hand make these biscuits and sell them. And she reluctantly went into business with me and, (laughs) and complained about it the whole way and never really understood why people didn't make their own biscuits because yep. she grew up and as did I with somebody in our family always making biscuits hot serving them mm-hmm. at every meal so you know that was that was her mindset and I had to figure out a way to retrain her brain and long story short that was 14 years ago so here we are today so what's the difference between a, a, a typical biscuit and a hot little biscuit is there anything Different, is there anything different to that than the size, or is there different ingredients that would go into it also? No, I mean, you know, I think I always tell people the way Callie's makes their biscuits is sometimes the same way that maybe you do or your friend does or mm-hmm. your aunt, but there are a million ways to make a biscuit. We're not the only way. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't care how you make them as long as you make them often and eat them often. You know, I think everybody has their story about a biscuit that their aunt or sister or grandmother made. And people are really territorial about the way they make them. So our way is just the way we make them. We're not saying that it's the only way, but I just always grew up on smaller biscuits, mainly because, like I said, my grandmother said it wasn't ladylike to eat a big biscuit. So mm-hmm. that's what we did. We ate small biscuits. And you had a couple of them at the same time. Yeah. And, and I have all the respect in the world for 
the cat head biscuit and, and the big sandwich biscuit. And, and we serve those at Hot Little Biscuit, but, you know, only because our customers demanded it and, and now they're the best sellers and, and that's fine. But I just love a, a small biscuit. They're, they're very delicate. They should have a crispy top, but somewhat melt in the mouth in the center. And it's hard to get that with a big biscuit. If you're listening to this podcast, you're not hungry yet. Like I said, <laughs> I, I cannot save you. So in today's age, a lot of companies start bricks and mortar and then they kind of go online. When we spoke last, you were telling me a little bit about your background. It's, it's different. You were actually online and choosing real estate or having a real estate presence really kind of changed the trajectory and the, and the knowledge about your brand. Tell us a little bit about the early days online and then how actually having your first real estate location changed the trajectory. Well, the early days online were much more about me raising young, three young daughters and doing the biscuits on the side kind of as a, a side hustle. It took a long time to get any traction. And even when we had traction, it was very seasonal. So it was much, much like many specialty food businesses are, they're fourth quarter businesses. Mm-hmm. So I was actually fine with that because I was a mom. So I wasn't in any hurry to do that. So a lot of the people that worked for us were seasonal, hourly, part-time. And it was a lovely way to raise children because I had the best of both worlds. I was able to have an outlet and work when my children were in preschool and then in the beginning of of elementary school. And then once my youngest went into kindergarten is when I wrote a cookbook and went on a cookbook tour. And I was really able to start thinking about what else could the biscuits do? Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't change it for the world. and, And I think that now that all my children are in school and my youngest is getting ready to be in middle school. You know, I still want to grow it slow and steady, but we definitely have a different trajectory now for sure. Okay. Now you have multiple locations right now. You've gone from online, you've gone to a location on King street. Now you're, you're expanding your horizons. How did you know it was the right time to expand into different markets? You know, there's not one answer to that question. For me, it was finding a good location that I fell in love with, which is also can be a detriment in a, in a business person's world to, to make an emotional decision on, on a, on a space can kill you. And for me, I wait until I have people in place working with me that are ready for growth. Because I don't want my lifestyle to change. I still want to be with my children. I still want to be the primary caregiver of them. I don't want them with babysitters. So I do want to grow the business, but I want to find the right people to put on my team that can help me do that. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what it's been about for me is when we got to a place where everybody was, for lack of a better word, running smoothly because in F&B nothing ever runs smoothly then we would start I I always looked but I never got really serious about anything until I felt like okay I've got people that if if I don't find something for them to do as far as growth then I'm going to lose them and Mm -hmm. I take my my team very seriously and I want to keep pushing them as high up as they want to go so for me it's it's a much more about the the team that I have and making sure I keep them happy and stay intact than it is about, oh my gosh, I've got to open another store this year. Okay. Good answer. How many biscuits a year do you sell? Do you keep track of that? I don't know. No, People you... ask us that all the time and I really should sit down and do the math, but I never liked math. So Fair enough. <laughs> but it's, I'm, it's, I'm in, sure. it's over 3 million for sure. 
That's a lot. All of, made by hand. That's a lot of biscuits. I want to just ask a, a series of, of questions on biscuits and, mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, having fun with the store. You know, you mentioned your, your family, obviously very important to you. And it's, I believe it's your daughter can be found working at the, on the King Street. Our oldest daughter, Caroline, does work one day a week at Hot Little Biscuit on King. Okay. When I was a young, young guy, my dad has own, had his own company. I was lucky enough to, I guess, move boxes and sweep the floors if you call mm-hmm. that lucky. But it was, it was good. It was a good experience working with my dad, and I've got some good memories of that. Do you have any fun stories of your children working with you at, at this point that you'd want to share? Or is there, is there well, any lessons learned from working with the family? Caroline is the only one that's actually being paid to work for me. The other two, Kate and Sarah, work for me all the time and would probably work at Hot Little Biscuit tomorrow if I let them. They all love it, and, you know, I don't want them to get burnt out. But for Caroline, you know... She started out saying she didn't want to work at Hot Little Biscuit. And I said, well, I really don't want you to work there either because I want you to go out and and experience working for somebody else before you come work for me. But she's really involved in sports. And so it's hard to find a teenager a job that can work one day a week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I told her, you're 14, you have to work. And you don't have to work for me, but you do have to work for me until you find another job that will take you one day a week. And that was a year ago. So obviously she likes it enough. She really likes the money. Yep. And I think she was surprised when she got her first paycheck and she, that kind of, she it's, was hooked. It changes things, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but um, I do love hearing her talk about it and trying to recruit her friends to work there. And she's really particular about things being done a certain way. And I'm assuming that's because she hears me. Complaining or not complaining or commenting yeah. mm-hmm. often. So that makes me really proud. And I just love that that she's going to have a good work ethic. Awesome. As I mentioned in the intro, we are recording this at the Biscuit House. If you could see what you know, what I'm seeing, there's there's a lot of bustle. There are lots of kitchen equipment. I, I don't even know what half these things are. It's a very active kitchen. I got to ask, do you ever just go in the, test, in the kitchen and, and test things or just go crazy and say, hey, listen, let's throw a couple of recipes together and, and say, huh, this... You know, this actually isn't isn't quite bad. I don't do that so much anymore, but three or four years ago, I did that more often than my production manager would prefer, mm-hmm. and I kind of got the stand down <laughs> eyes from from them often because I definitely have a mindset of let's do this and let's do this, and, and I need somebody to kind of reel me in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I have definitely been known to do that, and I will start the project, and I'll say, this is what I want you to do, and this is how I think it should be made, and this is the ingredients, and and I want you to make it, and then let's test it, taste test mm-hmm. it. And, you know, I'm sure they roll their eyes and go, oh, there she goes again. So, yeah, that's definitely happened. But I think that the one, two things that came out of, that were positive that came out of those experiences were our blackberry biscuit, which mm-hmm. is one of our most popular biscuits at Hot Little Biscuit. I was trying to figure out how to make a packaged biscuit that was a blackberry biscuit. So we would put our thumbs in the center of the dough and fill it with jam and then bake it. And in theory, it was beautiful, but it didn't work. And we still don't have a packaged blackberry biscuit, but now it is one of the most popular at Hot Little Biscuit. Awesome. Now, I would guess that no few people know biscuits as well as you do, and I try to ask, figure oh, out a way no, to ask this question. There are plenty of people that know biscuits if, just as well as me. If you could only eat one biscuit for the rest of your life, what would that biscuit look like? Oh, it is a hot, almost too hot to pull off the pan out of the oven buttermilk biscuit with a, a massive slathering of my savory thyme butter breakfast, lunch, dinner, and even dessert, without a doubt. 
No hesitations on that that answer. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. So uh, I've got a good visual there. I guess. I'm a classics kind of person. I mean, I love all of them, but for me, at the end of the day, there's nothing better than a buttermilk, a hot buttermilk biscuit where I can taste the cream cheese, taste the whole buttermilk, and the salty butter on top is insane. Let that one you soak. Hungry? <laughs> Let that one soak in, everybody, because it's <laughs> that's a. Uh, that's a hell of a visual. All right. So back to business a little bit. You mentioned earlier that you have multiple locations in different states. Someone in real estate, I see people who kind of get to that point in, in similar stages. Have you ever considered uh, opening up additional locations in the franchise model? Or is this something that uh, you're entertaining or, or not entertaining? Because I'm sure some of the listeners are going to say, hey, this is something that I'd like to be a part of. Yeah. Well, I actually get at least one email a week asking about a franchise and I'm so flattered and I keep all of the emails and, and I write everybody back and say, give me some time. I'm not ready to do that yet. In my brain, for whatever reason, I want to open 10 on my own. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'll ever get to 10, but that is kind of something that is a goal of mine. And I think... Well, for one, we're not ready to franchise yet. We still have kinks to work out. Mm -hmm. So I think I am not closing the door on the idea of franchising, but it's just not something that I want to do in the next couple of years. But I definitely want to keep in touch with the people that are interested, and you just never know. Okay. If along along that line of questioning, where do you see Cali's Biscuits in five years? Is there a grand plan, or are we kind of... Yeah, no, I have a grand plan. I mean, ideally in five years, I would like to at least double our online business as well as our wholesale grocery store business. I would like to have at least five more hot little biscuits, whether that is attainable or not, I'm not sure. And I'd like to continue growing our management team to make us better and put systems and processes in place to get us to the next level. Okay. So in an effort to spur some of those, some of those online sales, if I was a podcast listener and I said, Hey, you know what? Uh, I'm absolutely starving at this point. I need some hot little biscuits. What's the best way to, to order them if you're outside the Charleston area? Simply go to Callie'sBiscuits.com and click on the ordering page and pick your favorites or whatever sounds good to you. And then also check out our retailers page and type in your zip code because there may be a store near you that carries them frozen. Awesome. Okay. This is, uh, as, we're, as we're wrapping up the, the interview, this is a question I like to ask of you know, everyone who comes on the podcast. You're obviously part of the Building Charleston scene. You are, you are making your you know, name here as, as well as beyond. What is your vision for Charleston as it continues to grow? Well, as, as a local, born and raised here in Charleston, my vision for Charleston is continued slow and steady growth with a mindful process of how we're going to handle the growth. So I actually love that Charleston is the most popular kid on the block, but I think our leaders have to stop saying yes to everything and be a little bit more selective and work on the core infrastructure like schools and parking and flooding and Absolutely, growth is great, but you got to have a plan in place before, right? Mm-hmm. Not just with businesses, but with cities and, and children and families and everything. So um, I think it's really simple, but we definitely need not to get take everything that comes our way. 
very good insight from someone who someone who knows and someone who's been around. And I very much appreciate your answers to a lot of these questions. At this time, I like to wrap up the podcast with what I call the Building Charleston Pro Tip. This week's pro tip, when I was a kid, I worked at my dad's office. So this week's tip is an honor of my dad who told me, do one thing better than anyone else, and I guarantee you'll be a success. Carrie does one thing better than anyone else. There are a lot of people who make biscuits, especially in the South, but very few, if any, have focused on just biscuits and have attained the following that Carrie has. If you're in business trying to be too many things to too many people, you're fighting an uphill battle, in my opinion. So listeners, do one thing. Do one thing better than anybody else, and I'm certain that you will be a success too. If you like this episode and you want to hear more, please like our podcast and subscribe. Building Charleston publishes each week, and we have a lot more exciting interviews on deck. If you have any questions or comments or know someone who should be on the show, please look at the description of the podcast and my contact information, Carrie's contact information will be there also. Finally, if you're a business in the low country looking to expand or relocate your business, or if you're listening to this podcast from somewhere outside of the Charleston area and you're considering moving your business to the low country, please get in touch with me. I'll be happy to show you what it takes to grow your business here in Charleston, South Carolina. With that, thank you one more time to Carrie Mori from Cali's Hot Little Biscuits. Thank you to the listeners for downloading and tuning in. Go out there, everyone, and make it a great day. This episode of Building Charleston is brought to you by Lane Commercial Real Estate, the Low Country's premier commercial real estate brokerage firm focused exclusively on representing Charleston's office, retail, and industrial tenants. If you're responsible for your company's real estate needs and your company is expanding, downsizing, looking to open a new location, or opening the first office in the Charleston area, Give us a call at 843-508-3038 or go to our website at www.lanecre.com. That's L-A-I-N-E-C-R-E.com.